Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is about how to stay afloat when life is overwhelming. I recently got a letter from a listener named Katie. She's a psychologist who works in private practice. She writes that she's realized she has a pretty intense tendency to overschedule. She's usually good about getting all the things on her list done, but when life happens, such as our entire family getting the flu, something that usually can work just does not. I'm in that exact situation right now, with about 21 outstanding reports to write and a scheduled 10 hours of writing time before I start billing again next week. The math doesn't work there. Basically, she writes, I'm really trying to manage my time better and set firmer boundaries but Katie from two months ago definitely did not. So I'm facing a seemingly insurmountable amount of work to catch up on with not enough time to do it. Do you have any tips or resources for catching up after a time management slip-up? On the excessively busy weeks, what are the best ways to prioritize tasks that all need to be done now and somehow manage life, parenting, and self-care also? I'm sure a lot of people can relate to Katie's situation. Many of us go through really intense times at work. Sometimes this is structural. Think accountants during busy season. Sometimes we've overcommitted in the past and now we're stuck with these obligations. When something like illness or car trouble strikes, life can feel like a frantic negotiation with the clock. We've all been there. So I want to share what works for me. When life and my workload seems overwhelming, I do these five things. First, I prioritize sleep and exercise. I know this might sound like a luxury if you're swamped, but I have found that skimping on either of these just ruins me in terms of ability to focus. If I try to stay up until 1 a.m. to get something done, it will take me three hours to do what would have taken me one hour at 8 a.m. after a full night's sleep so I force myself to shut it down. I aim to be in my bed for at least seven hours. I also make time to run for at least 20 to 30 minutes each day. I generally feel better after, and when I feel better, life feels more manageable. Second, I make sure I know exactly what is on my plate. Unknown stuff is scarier than known stuff. So I make a list of what I have going on and when that stuff needs to be done. That way, I can make a wise plan, one that keeps me from doing stuff that's due Friday before stuff that must be done tomorrow. I can also judge what must be done by me and what can be passed along. I can figure out what doesn't need to be done at all, or at least not before things calm down. If I've lived with that broken bench in my backyard for a year, I can live with it for a few more months too. Third, I make sure I have enough space to have a fighting shot at tackling the backlog. For listeners who don't have family obligations, this is probably straightforward. You just work longer hours or on the weekend. But if you need to make a 6 p.m. daycare pickup every day, that's a lot harder. For our listener, Katie, I asked if there was any time beyond the 10 hours she thought she had available for writing the reports. When I've been swamped, I've talked with my husband and come to an agreement that he take the kids for, say, four hours on the weekend so I can work then. I'd then cover for him at some other point. Katie likewise told me that she worked out a deal with her family. As I pointed out, she spent a lot of time with her kids when they were sick, 
So sometimes this time needs to be made up. There's really no reason to feel guilty about that. Fourth, I resist the urge to get on top of email first. It feels really productive to delete and answer emails, but email expands to fill all available space. I'm usually better off tackling the big things on the list first and then getting to the emails later during lower energy times than if I do this the other way around. Finally, it also helps to realize that busy seasons are generally temporary. Tax and auditing deadlines come and go. Books and podcasts get launched into the world. That conference you're planning happens, and then it's over. Recognizing this can be helpful for understanding that there will be more time for things like getting together with friends, reading books, or catching up on your favorite shows later, or at least between busy times if you're careful with scheduling. Our listener Katie was learning to be more careful to leave open space in her current schedule, so future family illnesses could be taken in stride. The good news is that if you make wise time choices now, going forward, things will get better. That little bit of hope can definitely help us stay afloat when life seems overwhelming. This is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That Before Breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch.